This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Welcome to Emergence News. Kia ora. And it's my pleasure to join you with my colleague Peter. Hi, Peter. Hi there, Nigel. This program, we bring you news of the emergence of a master of wisdom, a master who currently holds the office of the Christ, a master who leads the spiritual hierarchy, and his personal name is Maitreya. These masters are thousands of years old. They do not die. Now, Somebody that's just listening to this program or this podcast for the first time, they would, um, they may not necessarily understand what that means. What do we mean when we say that uh, an ascended master is a thousand years old or thousands of years old and they do not die? Well, of course, they no longer need a physical body, but they can manifest one if they so wish. If required. If required. Mm. There are 60 masters and three great lords. Maitreya is one of these three. He holds the office of the world teacher and embodies the energy we call the Christ principle or, or consciousness. This emergence that is underway now as we travel from one age into a new age, the age of Aquarius, this emergence and externalization of many of our elder brothers has not happened often in our history, has it, Peter? No, in fact, uh, this is going to be the absolutely amazing time, really, where Humanity is actually going to be dragged along. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually part of our evolutionary process, and that's what this program's all about, is the subject of evolution. More on that in just a moment. So a large section of our hierarchy, the spiritual hierarchy, will be emerging openly in the world. Now, back in the late 80s, there were how many already? How many had arrived? Um... We had the our fourteen, I think, um, Nigel. Mm. Yes, but, uh, but of course they they work esoterically. They they're not necessarily in our face. It's, they're working behind the scenes. That's right. Yes, and uh, of course they're um, gradually going to be more and more. There's going to be about forty of them actually come out, isn't there? Openly, uh, openly, and uh, we'll have physical bodies or the appearance of a physical body. Mm. But we need to be ready for this event, and that's that's part of what this program's about. We need to be somewhat ready. We need to drop the concept of war. As Maitreya announced in 1945, humanity must take the first steps to put its house in order. A measure of peace must be restored to the world. And this could be considered a time when humanity is about to enter a new phase, taking a step forward in evolution. And I'd like to just give you the uh, definition of evolution, Peter, just so we can just get clear in our minds what we're talking about here. The process of spiritualization of matter. Now, we've mentioned that before on the program. 
the way back to the source. But what does that mean in layman's terms, the process of spiritualization of matter? Well, it's It's a physical form, isn't it, being spiritualized? It's increasing the vibration rate, isn't it? I mean, we are actually spirits, souls, and incarnation. So we come from a high place indeed. And we've taken on this job of spiritualizing matter, which means that uh, we're starting with the body that we come with and, uh, well, the body that we inhabit at this point. And so we're going to try and spiritualize this physical body. The ageless wisdom teachings were first made available to the public around 1875 by Madame Helena Blavatsky in two works, The Secret Doctrine and Isis Unveiled, and they were two momentous works. They were indeed. She established the Theosophical Society to introduce this new perspective on history and human evolution. The plan of evolution right here, right now, is in a process of change. It is going through a temporary period of extreme trouble and violence. But there are new energies pouring into the planet all the time. And when you hear us on this particular program, when we're talking about evolution, when you hear us talking about the rays, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about energies, cosmic energies that are pouring into the planet all the time, particularly a great energy from a cosmic avatar called the Spirit of Peace and Equilibrium. And this avatar works precisely with the law of action and reaction. And this law is what we commonly call the law of karma. So hopefully on today's program, you will gain a better understanding of the mysteries behind the evolutionary process. And you're going to be talking a little bit later about the initiation. That's right, yes, particularly this time with uh, the Ray 7 energy coming in for the Aquarian Age. But before that, we're going to talk about reincarnation and the law of cause and effect. Back in a moment. You are listening to Emergence News. My name is Nigel, and we're talking about the subject of evolution today. Reincarnation and karma, these two subjects, or natural laws, are the mechanisms behind the method of evolution here on planet Earth. To quote author Benjamin Krem, the evolutionary process is based on the process of rebirth. Reincarnation is the method of our evolution of consciousness. Groups of souls are brought into incarnation through two great laws, and that's what I'm going to talk about before I hand over to Peter, um, who's going to be covering the five steps of initiation. So the two great laws are the law of rebirth, or reincarnation, and the law of cause and effect. The dominating law is the law of cause and effect. The law of action and reaction, which are, as you know, opposite and equal. In religious terms, it is seen in the Old Testament, for example, as God demanding an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Very rigid, very cold, implacable, even a bit nasty. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds awfully definite and and and, and indeed very cold. But in the Christian gospel, the Christ Jesus called it very simply, the process by which you reap what you sow. So simple. Mm. Every thought, every action that we have under this law 
sets in motion a cause. We are creating causes all the time. The effects stemming from these causes, they actually make our lives. At this moment, we are making the rest of this life our next life. I'll just, I'll just explain that. We are, what, we are receiving is, what we are receiving is called karma. The law of karma is the law of cause and effect. And make no mistake, it is the major law that governs this planet. And when you think about this, ponder on it, comprehend the fullness of this realization, we begin to take a higher level of personal responsibility for everything we think, everything we verbally utter, and we become more self-aware, more responsible for our actions. When we understand the law of cause and effect, and therefore the effects of our previous deeds, both good and bad, we create the conditions of our life today. We, I, create the conditions of my life today. The results of our deeds today create the conditions of the next period of our life, either now or when we return in our next body. And I think it's important to realise here, when we're talking about karma, we're not just talking about bad, we're also talking about good karma. They say there's actually more good than there's bad, so, you know, we don't need to be disheartened by it. Reincarnation. Now, this is a, this is a concept that was actually... Originally, it was actually in the Bible, wasn't it? But yes, there was an was. emperor that came along, and he and his wife didn't like the concept. No, didn't like much. the idea. They wanted to keep control of things. Yeah, so they removed it from the Bible. But there are still references in there. Um, Jesus and his disciples clearly had an understanding of the concept of rebirth and reincarnation. Reincarnation. The soul magically creates a series of bodies through which it can eventually demonstrate itself as a soul. At that point, we are well on the way towards the end of the evolutionary process. It takes hundreds of thousands of incarnations. But once that point is reached and the soul, looking at its reflection, the man or the woman in incarnation, sees that it is beginning to respond to its soul quality. This means that you and your physical manifestation here on earth are listening to and responding to your soul input. That's why meditation is encouraged, isn't it? That's right, indeed. So why is the meditation technique so important in connecting with the soul? It's the it's developing the anti-karana. yeah, definitely. The anti-karana is the rainbow bridge by which method we link up with the mental aspect of the soul. And then, gradually, increasingly, we become more unselfish, mm. more altruistic, mm more concerned for other people and not just satisfied by meeting your own desires and needs, mm -hmm. then the soul starts to stimulate the physical vehicle and begins a process which ends the evolutionary journey. We, be we become harmless. Mm. And we've talked about harmlessness before. before, haven't we? We have. So... When we say the soul starts to stimulate the physical vehicle, what does that mean, Peter? Well, it brings in these ideas, uh, and uh, 
it more or less drags the physical, if you like, along with it. <laughs> that that, that antikarana, the yes. link between the soul and the physical vehicle, yes, has become exactly. strong enough yep. for us to be stimulated by the soul. That's right. Yes. Soul contact. We've got to make it ourselves, make the bridge ourselves. And you've got to work at it. And uh, keep it alive. All right. So once this process begins where there is soul contact, the process, the evolutionary process, enters a new phase, and it's called the process of initiation. And you're going to be looking at that next. Just give us a taster of what you're going to be looking at, Peter. Yes, well, it's very interesting that, uh, of course, the Aquarian age is the race seven energy, and the race seven energy is the initiation ray of the first initiation. And so there are millions of us about to enter this. Millions of people uh, just sitting stage. on the doorstep of the first initiation. And uh, this will be done no longer just in um, private individual uh, initiation, but it'll be done in, as group work. And it's another sign of the Aquarian age is group work. And cooperation. Yeah, correct. The um, first initiation, of course, is called the birth in Bethlehem. And Jesus signified all the um, initiations in his life. The birth at Bethlehem, the baptism in the River Jordan is the second initiation. The third initiation was the transfiguration. The fourth initiation was, of course, the crucifixion. It's in the... Um, Eastern world, it's called the renunciation, the great renunciation of everything physical. And of course, the fifth initiation makes a man a master. And at that point, every atom in his body has been transferred into subatomic particles, and he has now a body of light. That's why the masters can come and go as they like, because they don't actually have a dense physical body. They've created a body that looks like a body, but is actually made up of light. They are enlightened beings. Mm, they're, they're actually great scientists. Yes. Yes, this is true, Nigel. Yes, this is right. So anyway, the first initiation, the birth of Bethlehem. Um, Bethlehem means the house of bread. And it's an occult term signaling physical plane experience the initiate who takes this is aware of the great change in his affiliated to himself, to his fellow men, the circumstances, and to his interpretation of life events. The seventh ray is always active in the mind or the brain or both, and the man or woman is enabled to register the fact of initiation. So anyone who's taken the initiation in the in their current life will actually be aware of that initiation. It won't, uh, it won't be just a subjective thing taken at the soul. We have to be in a physical vehicle to take the initiation, although it is generally taken out of body. So in the new age, the first initiation will be taken in group formation. Now, it's, it's not essential to take the initiations. We could evolve without it, but it would actually take millions more years to get to that point where we are today. That's it? right, yes. It's been brought in in mid-Atlantean times, actually, to speed up the evolution of mankind. 
Collectively. And uh, collectively, yes. So it is a hothouse effect. And uh, as Nigel says, um, we can opt out if we, <laughs> if we don't like the idea. <laughs> but you'll be here for a lot longer. Actually, it's quite interesting. Um, the more I read Benjamin Krem's books, the more I realise just how important humanity is. And I think we underestimate ourselves because everything passes through humanity. Everything is becoming human, mm. is human, or has been human and gone beyond the that's human. A, that's the great experience. And we've opted to, we've put our hands up. Yeah, we put our hands <laughs> up to participate, didn't we? At soul level, we certainly did. Yeah, you know. even though once we arrived down here, it's rather we, tough. We thought, hang on, <laughs> hang about, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> but anyway, the seventh ray of the Aquarian era is essential for the first initiation. And... Um, just as the second initiation is the the, the um, baptism in the River Jordan uh, described by Jesus, and uh, that is the overcoming of the watery nature, the emotional nature, the astral element of our vehicles, and uh, this is all. This requires the race six. So, as you go down the rays, you come up in the initiations. In other words, the first initiation is race seven, the second initiation is race six, the third initiation is ray five, and um, then you've got ray four for the crucifixion, which is the fourth initiation. The fourth initiation. Now that was that was that was Jesus at the end of his that Jesus yes. of Nazareth's lifetime. That's right, yes. And then, of course, uh, the resurrection uh, with the fifth. Mm. And so, uh, yes, Jesus was take, took the fourth initiation on the cross and um, his next life as Apollonius of Tyana, he became a master. And he died in India. He set up an ashram in India and uh, died there at a ripe old age so, hence the story that Jesus didn't actually die on the cross and went to India, but in actual fact, it was as Apollonius of Tyana. In their he, next lifetime. He was his next lifetime. Because we're not just talking about Darwin and the physical evolution here, are we? We're no. also talking about the evolution of consciousness. Exactly. This is what the soul's about, is increasing the consciousness. And... Uh, of course, the soul is actually perfect on its own level, and uh, but it has volunteered to upgrade um, the, the dense physical world, if you like, as part of the plan of God. So uh, that's why we're doing it. Good choice of word, upgrade. Mm, indeed. <laughs> so the second initiation um, is sixth ray, as I mentioned, produces some control of the emotional or astral nature and the beginning of the will nature, a conflict between the lower and higher self, which reveal the ancient conflict between emotional nature and true realisation. In connection with humanity, the effects of the sixth ray, the development of a tendency to clarify the world atmosphere, thus releasing the energy of goodwill and, of course, goodwill is the lower aspect of God will, in a way. It's, it's what we 
it's the lowest aspect that we can associate with goodwill. We see it everywhere. We see it in, um, you know, the on the TV, the people of goodwill helping other people and that sort of thing. It's um, it's part of our nature to... Um, want to serve. To want to serve in whatever way we can. The conditions where the race of men can take the first and second initiation, the sudden and powerful energies of the world ideologies and a basic transformation within the astral plane itself, which is producing points of crisis and a point of tension. The emotional and ideological reactions are intensified in a vortex, but later this subsides and the initiate's alignment becomes astral, mental, soul, and a spiritual devotion to human welfare is arrived at. So this is this goodwill thing that comes out after we've taken the um, the second initiation. And there will be thousands and thousands that uh, will take this in the next coming uh, 2,000 years of, of the Aquarian age. So um, that will make a tremendous difference to humanity as a whole. War will be forgotten by then. And uh, good riddance, I say. <laughs> There'll be other industries that will be much more productive. Yes, indeed. And rewarding. Yes. Well, thousands of aspirants in every country, as a result of conscious effort to understand, will stand before the initiate and undergo this baptism initiation. And, of course, it is the sign of the water, the control of the, of the astral nature. Bread and water are the symbols of the first and second initiations. Both are basic symbols for life and the physical sense and are basic to their implications of spirituality. The third initiation, of course, is the transfiguration and involves the fifth ray of mind and is too distant for most of us here. And the Masters will discuss this in the future. Of course, the fourth initiation, as I said, is the Great Renunciation or the Crucifixion. And it uses the fourth ray energy. So the fifth sets a man free from the earth life, the wheel of rebirth. And as a first ray, energy is used on the fifth initiation. And it's the fifth initiation where we become... A master. A master. Mm. And we no longer need to take on a physical body. Mm. Mm, that's right. So we're free from that point of view. But then the work starts. <laughs> this is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Fantastic, Peter. It really is good to talk about the five steps of initiation and realise that it's step one. It's quite achievable. It's within reach. That's right. And because we're coming to the end of an age, the Pisces, the age of Pisces, and the beginning of a new cosmic cycle. And as we can see around us, everything begins to fall apart. The old and tried ways of living are no longer working or meet the needs of an advancing humanity. So let's finish with a message of hope towards the future. Over to you. Yes, the seventh ray energy, which we keep talking about, is the energy needed to bring order out of chaos and rhythm to replace disorder. 
It is this energy which will bring in the new world order for which all men wait. It will restore the ancient landmarks, indicate the new institutions and forms of civilization and culture which human progress demands, and nurture the new life and the new states of consciousness which advanced humanity will increasingly register. Nothing can arrest this activity. All that is happening today as men search for the new ways for organised unity and peaceful security is being implemented through the incoming ray of order or ceremonial magic. The white magic of right human relations cannot be stopped. It must be inevitably demonstrated effectively because the energy of the seventh ray is present and the Lord of the Ray is cooperating with the Lord of the World to bring about the needed reforming. Soul-infused personalities acting under this Ray's influence will create a new world expressing the new qualities and institute those new regimes and organised modes of creative activity which will demonstrate the new livingness and the new techniques of living. It is the distortion of these seventh-ray ideals and the prostitution of this incoming energy to serve the unenlightened and selfish ambitions of greedy men, which has produced those totalitarian systems which today so terribly imprison the free spirit of men. All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.share-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website. We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com. Emergency News.